and welcome to the Common Good Podcast, the podcast that showcases the very best of Glasgow Caledonian University and how the institution, its staff and its research benefits people and communities, both at home and overseas. My name is Craig Telfer and on this occasion I am joined by Dr. Danielle Hutchin, researcher 1A, to discuss the Sheds for Sustainable Development project and how the Men's Sheds initiative can boost the mental and physical well-being of its participants. Danny, it's brilliant to have you on the show. Thank you very much for joining me. No, thanks for having me. Now, let's start talking about the Men's Sheds. What is the Men's Sheds initiative? How would you explain that to someone who had never heard of it before? So basically, it kind of stems from the idea of traditional garden sheds. So a place where men can go and take part in kind of practical activities, make things, just have a moment to themselves. And it kind of grew from that idea, but putting it into kind of a community context where lots of people can gather in and almost like a giant shed and come together and share tools, share skills, share ideas. So it, it was an idea that was originated in Australia in the 1990s. It was kind of in response to concerns about high levels of male unemployment and social exclusion, loneliness, especially in older men. So it was kind of uh, men coming together to set up their own initiatives that met with what they were interested in and what their needs were. And it's just kind of grown globally. I think in Scotland alone, we went from around five sheds, I think, in 2012. And there, I think there's over 200 now. Wow. Yeah, across the UK and Ireland, I think there's over 1,500 sheds now. It's pretty amazing how quick it's grown. And they're just popping up every day. Now, you mentioned the older community. Are they traditionally the people who are more likely to use men's sheds? Not necessarily. I mean, I'd say that out of the sheds that uh, we've looked at, it has been predominantly men over the age of 65. The average age of the shed is that we spoke to um, with our project was 69 years old. But um, there are a lot of sheds that are actually kind of tailored for younger men, perhaps men who are kind of long term unemployed, maybe they've got ongoing um, health issues, which means that they can't work. It, it's basically men's sheds are for men with time on their hands. I like how you also call them shedders as well. Is that the nickname? That, that yeah, you yeah, shedders pretty much, yeah. <laughs> before we came into this podcast, Danny, I read up on the Sheds for Sustainable Development Project briefing paper beforehand, and it said that men are more likely to face loneliness and mortality than women. They're also more likely to take risk, but also less likely to use formal health care. Why is that the case? There's kind of a number of factors. Um, as you say, kind of global studies have shown that men are less likely to engage with formal healthcare services. Um, a lot of studies have, say, have said that's because of kind of traditional masculine norms about, you know, being strong and resilient, mm -hmm. especially around like mental health. Speaking mental health perhaps being, being seen as a sign of weakness or vulnerability. So there's those kind of stereotypical masculine norms and also there's a there's a big argument around kind of healthcare not being as accessible to men um, and meeting with the kind of attitudes and behaviours that men that might differ to women. So women perhaps being more likely to meet up um, in social groups, whereas men not so much. How badly will have the coronavirus pandemic affected men's health and general well-being? Well, I can only speak from what I've seen from speaking to the men's shed members that have been involved in the project and what we've seen with the sheds being closed since mid-March in oh, the 20, 29, 20, 2020 it was, since mid-March 2020, um, 
we've seen real declines in in men's health. I think social isolation and loneliness, especially for men who perhaps live alone or are carers for their partners. And the sheds basically offered a bit of a lifeline for a lot of people. And a lot of the men shedders that we spoke to, perhaps they only really leave the house a couple of times a week just to go to the shop or to go to the men's shed. So that might be the only social contact that they have throughout the week. Apart from, you know, going to a shop or the post office and having, you know, two seconds of social interaction. So it's huge. You can only imagine the effects of the coronavirus, people being actually stuck at home, especially those who were attending sheds who had long term health issues and perhaps had to shield throughout it as well. So what is it about sheds? What is it about that environment that allows its participants to open up and, and talk about their feelings? And, and how does something like that differ from perhaps a more traditional setting like a pub? They say it's the key to kind of the success of men's sheds is men's ability to kind of talk shoulder to shoulder while doing a task. So rather than sitting men face to face, like in a lunch club or a pub or something like that, you know, men are, um, say that they're actually more comfortable conversing with other men while they're perhaps making something, um, you know, like planters or benches. And I think as well, it's, it's men sheds, they're so supportive and inclusive and they're kind of, they're created by men for men. So they can really fit with the needs of their members. They're not necessarily set up by local councils or health, health authorities per se. It's just men from the community who know about their community and they know what people want. So there's that kind of relaxed, informal, welcoming, inclusive environment where men, I think, feel more comfortable and they feel like they can open up. And I think once they do open up, they're often quite surprised by the way that other men talk about their issues, share problems, share experiences and knowledge of health issues. Yeah, it's just kind of comes quite naturally in that environment, I'd say. Well, let's take a look at the Sheds for Sustainable Development project. And, and when in the research for this, you interviewed 62 members of five men sheds across Scotland. Can you tell me about the people that you interviewed for this? So we chose to kind of get like a varied mixture of different types of sheds to really fit with the, the different types of people that go to sheds. So we looked at sheds in rural areas, urban areas, deprived areas, affluent areas. We included a mixed shed that had women and men going. We looked at sheds that had just started. We looked at sheds that had been running for five years plus. Sheds that had fewer than 20 members, sheds that had over 200 members. So we really wanted to get show that difference in the type of user. So that was really important to us to be able to kind of, although we could only research five sheds, you know, there's there's 150 odd across Scotland and we wanted to be able to say something meaningful. And what sort of things did the interview you say? What did they tell you? To be honest, it was it was pretty powerful. There were a lot of a lot of tears shed, I'll be honest. I think I was quite surprised at how willing the men were to open up to me. And I think it took a lot of kind of building relationships and spending a lot of time in the sheds, drinking a lot of tea, eating a lot of biscuits, and just having fun and banter with them and almost becoming a shedder myself. And that was the key to them kind of opening up as well. And yeah, I mean, you, you would get people's whole life story. So people who've maybe, they were involved in tragic accidents and they've got brain injuries and they've not been able to work 
or you know their daily functioning is massively impacted but going to the shed gives them like a sense of purpose they treat it almost like a job so they'll go in like three four times a week to complete tasks or they might be part of the committee and it gives them that sense of purpose that sense of confidence self-esteem a real like meaning to their lives where they didn't have that before and then you've also got people who are perhaps really lonely perhaps they've they've been widowed, they live alone. As I say, they've got no opportunities to socially interact with any other people. High levels of depression in males and people who've never really spoke about it or maybe not had it professionally diagnosed. But yeah, now willing to talk about it, having spent time in the shed and shared their experiences with others. I think as well, what you saw was a real mixture depending on which shed you went to, which area you went to. I spoke to men who had issues with drug and alcohol addiction and um, maybe they'd been in and out of prison and the shed gave them again a real sense of purpose and value in their lives where it had previously been lost. Yeah just a massive mixture. I mean some men they just want to go to the shed to maybe borrow some tools, nip in and nip out and go back home but others it's it's a massive lifeline for them. And these sound like really powerful, incredible testimonies. How did they inform the development of the Men's Shed Toolkit for UK and Ireland? So the the project, um, the the Sheds for Sustainability uh, project had basically two aims. The first aim was basically to identify the health and wellbeing impacts that that the shed activities were having on their users. But the second part of the project was to basically identify the sustainability and development challenges that sheds are facing and ways to help them overcome that. So we basically went in, we spoke to shed committee members, shed members, we spoke to stakeholders from all across Scotland, including the Scottish government, local council development officers, anyone, Age Scotland, anyone that was involved in men's sheds about, you know, what were the main challenges that they faced. And we identified a kind of list And then we kind of thought, well, what can we do to give back to the shedders to help them overcome these challenges? Mm -hmm. And through a series of kind of, yeah, interviewing shedders, doing workshops with them, the toolkit was kind of born. um, Because what we found was a lot of the shedders were kind of trying to find information. They didn't know where to find information about funding. They didn't know where to find information about premises. They didn't know about paperwork, getting charity status, constitutions, all of these things that are related with any voluntary organisation. And you've got to remember that most of these sheds are just, you know, it might have started with a group of men in the pub or in someone's kitchen. And they've just said, let's meet up every week and make things. They didn't. They don't purposely go, go in with the thought of becoming like a, a professional voluntary organisation. Mm-hmm. So a lot of it is kind of, you know, they're just finding bits of information here, there and everywhere. So to have one specific, almost like shed Bible, (laughs) where (laughs) they can find everything, a one-stop shop for all of your shedding needs, that's kind of where the idea came from. And yeah, it was completely built with the input of of the shedders. I I hadn't even stepped in a men's shed before I started this project. So the, the guys, they were the experts. They told me everything. They taught me everything. How do you think this toolkit then will help the men's shed movement grow over the next five, ten years? Well, I think it kind of comes at an important time because the sheds have obviously been closed for a long time. A lot of the sheds have been struggling with funding. There's a lot of competition for funding at the minute because everyone needs help to get recover from the pandemic. 
I think having something like the toolkit come along at this time, it just kind of gives you that support to say, right, I've got all the resources I need in one place. This is how we're going to pick ourselves up and recover. And I think hopefully it'll help sheds to give them information about, you know, how to survive, how to sustain, how to become stronger, all the tricks and stuff that they need to raise money and things that they maybe need to do to future proof their sheds so that they, they don't face any more challenges in the future. But um, as I say, I mean, the, the toolkit is designed and developed for sheds across the whole of the UK and Ireland. And as I said, there's over 1,500 sheds and they've each received a copy via email um, and hopefully they'll get a print copy as well that they can put up on the shelf and it'll just be there as a reference point. Yeah, so hopefully it'll have a big impact, but also for kind of support agencies, third sector workers, local development officers that are working on the ground with the men's sheds to be able to use the toolkit as a reference point, really understand what is needed to support these groups. Now, there are a number of different partners involved in the project. Could you, you tell me a wee bit about them, what they all brought to the table? Yeah, yeah. This, we ended up with quite a lot of people involved because people are just so passionate about the men's shed. So the, the Scottish Men's Shed Association played a huge part in the project in kind of helping us to access the sheds, identify who to speak to. They gave us great resources and insight into the men's shed movement where they are and the types of support that they need. Also, Age Scotland, they have a great development worker on the ground who works directly with the men's sheds as well. We spoke to a range of different kind of local council development workers working with sheds in South and North and South Lanarkshire. Who else? The Scottish Government. We ended up speaking, involving the community empowerment team of the Scottish Government, who they are the experts on kind of community empowerment um, and areas like community asset transfer. So basically getting sheds premises. So we just wanted to involve as much expertise as possible in the project. But um, as I say, the main, the main kind of stakeholders were the shedders themselves. They did it all pretty much. <laughs> Now, Danny, I know there's a event taking place on the 17th of August. Could you tell us about that? Yeah, so um, the project now has been running for four years. We're in the final kind of few months. And it also coincides with the launch of the Men's Shed Toolkit online. So we wanted to kind of do a final celebration, a final showcase of the research findings. And also, yeah, a chance to celebrate the launch of the toolkit online with all of the shedders. So we've invited basically shedders, academics, policymakers, health practitioners, third sector support workers, anyone can come along if they've got an interest in men's sheds um, and you want to learn more about them and learn more about the project. But um, yeah, we'll just be basically talking through all, all of the findings from the project, what it all means, what's next for the future of men's sheds. We're going to have some great panellists come on from uh, different shed associations across the UK and they'll be doing some great presentations as well so yeah if you can make it come along <laughs> some of you touched on there danny about the future for men's sheds and sheds for sustainable development project what are the next steps i mean i think what we what we've identified from our research is that sheds are really impacting on the health and well-being of men in a really positive way their mental health their physical health their social well-being and the next thing I think for sheds is 
getting involved in conversations with perhaps the NHS and you know health and social care practitioners and finding more ways for men to access sheds but doing it on their terms I think what we wanted to emphasize is that you know men's are men's sheds are really informal quite ad hoc organizations that you know they meet for a bit of fun and a bit of banter the health and well-being benefits are almost kind of a secondary aim of that so sheds don't necessarily want to become kind of formal healthcare deliverers especially because a lot of them are kind of older and retired and might not have time to do that so with current kind of priority areas in Westminster and Scotland being things like social prescribing signposting referrals uh, there's been a lot of conversations about men's sheds kind of getting involved with that and I think that's probably going to be where men's sheds might go next but I mean for the near future it's just getting them all back open and getting them all safe and making sure they can get as many members as possible back as soon as possible. It's great listening to you talk about this Danny it sounds like something that you're really really passionate about. I'm a wee bit of a men's shed addict now and I think <laughs> I keep saying to um I keep saying to everyone in our department you know if when this project ends, it's pretty much guaranteed I'm going to end up on the board of a men's shed somewhere <laughs> or, or setting up my own men's shed. It's just fantastic. It's just what a great initiative for men who just, they really need it. And it's something that's so obvious and it's something that's been missing. Yeah, I would encourage you, if you can, go visit a men's shed. Go and ask them to make you something. Go <laughs> go in and just have a cup of tea and a blether. It's just, it's the best time you can spend. That is brilliant, Danny. Thank you very much for talking to me today and good luck on the 17. Sounds like an absolutely fantastic project. I'm really looking forward to seeing where it goes next. Thank you very much. Thank you. I'd also like to thank everyone for tuning into today's show and I hope you will join us again soon. We will be talking with another member of staff about some of the great work going on at Glasgow Caledonian University. In the meantime, make sure you subscribe to this podcast so you never miss an episode. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify and everywhere else. Until the next time, I've been Craig Telfer and this has been The Common Good Podcast. Podcast.